Hey, this is Michael Fishman from the Connors, and I'm writing and producing. I got a bunch of projects coming up. I'm on the Man Cave Chronicles with Elias. Come and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Michael, uh, welcome to the cave. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How are you? What's new with you? I'm good. You know, I, I'm just kind of working on a couple of scripts and, and I got a couple of projects that we're trying to get moving. So everything's good. Yeah. You've been keeping busy with the cold quarantine. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'm, I'm been kind of writing the whole time and doing a bunch of, a bunch of new projects. So there you go. How do I, when, when everything went out of the lockdown, how did you do with that? Is writing well, working? You know, we had just finished production of last season, so we were completely done. And so I um, kind of locked down a little earlier than a lot of people, I think. And we kind of just bunkered down at home. I was really lucky because I was at home with my daughter, and, and you know, it was I was with the people I wanted to be with the most. So it was nice because it was kind of family time and forced me to take a little time and focus on writing and, and kind of working on some projects that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, man, the listeners know you as, you know, DJ Connor from Roseanne and the spinoff of the Connors. And you mentioned, you know, you're a writer. Now you're producing. You just recently directed an episode and you're a dad, man. You're busy. Well, I try to be, I think, you know, there's, there's never a shortage of things to do. I have so many projects I want to make. The writing is a beautiful thing because it allows me to kind of push my voice in a whole new way and to embrace the things I want to see and kind of be the change I want to see and provide opportunities for representation and inclusion. You know, as a d- director, I get to kind of steer the technical side of things, which is an amazing opportunity as well. So, you know, it's just different parts of my personality. And then as an actor, you know, you're always looking for the next great part. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, where, where are you originally from? I was born in Long Beach, California, so I'm a local California kid. Um, my dad actually immigrated to the United States. My dad was born in China and then grew up in Israel and then came to the United States. So I have a family that kind of comes from very different backgrounds. My mom grew up on a little farm in Virginia and was a farm girl who went to college and was like the first one to really go out into the big world. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things to live up to. My parents are pretty adventurous. Awesome. Did, uh, did you get a chance to travel with your parents? It sounds like they've traveled. Yeah. You know, for me, the biggest thing, you know, I got to travel over the country working on the show, doing press and doing all that stuff. So I've been to all but I think four states, four or five states at this point, oh, multiple wow. times. And, and you know, I love that aspect. I love to travel. You know, um, last year, because everything was a little different, we had a bunch of trips planned this year. Um, I was in this relationship where we had planned all of these trips for this year and things kind of changed obviously with COVID-19, but we actually went to Mexico earlier this year. And last year we went to Paris. Oh, wow. How was it? uh, How was it in Paris? You know, it's incredible. I love to travel and other cultures are fascinating for me. I I would love to do that all the time. I find people so interesting. I think you learn so much when you travel 
And, you know, for years when I, I, I worked a lot of normal jobs, it took me a long time to kind of save up and get in a position to be able to travel kind of far and wide. So this year we were expecting to do a little bit more. So hopefully in the coming years. Mm-hmm. So, so how old were you when you kind of had an idea that you, you wanted to get to the entertainment industry? Well, my sister, somebody had told my sister she should do commercials, that she was cute when she was really young. And my sister is one of those people who really plans her life ahead. So when she was like seven, she started going out for commercials because she wanted to earn money for college. And I started going with her and they'd ask me if I was there. And after a little while, I was like, I told my parents I'd like to try this too. But both of my parents had very normal jobs. We weren't from the entertainment industry. So this was all foreign to us. My parents were okay if we did commercials because that's like a day or two of shooting, but they didn't want anything long term. So, you know, <laughs> you know, how fate and the universe and, and God intervenes and says, okay, how about nine years of, of permanent work? Wow. So, uh, so what was the reaction when all that started, when all that like started rolling for you and, you know, you got on Roseanne? Well, then when the auditions for Roseanne originally came up, my parents didn't even want to take me because they didn't want me to do a series, but the show wanted somebody with experience and I didn't have any. So the agent said, he'll never get it. Just take him. And it was seven interviews <laughs> spanning six months. And, you know, it was this crazy process. And from the very beginning, I felt like it was my job. And I don't know why I just knew in some way, like, and, you know, it's been the most magical ride. And then getting to come back, you know, after almost 30 years to kind of start again, and it, it, it's a real full circle thing to come back and be essentially when we came back the same age John was when we got started. But with this rich history and, you know, now getting to direct, it's really coming full circle. You were six years old when you started this, right? Yeah. You know, didn't know anything from anything and neither did my family. So everything was a learning experience. But I think that's been such a gift for me because I've always come to everything with kind of fresh eyes and enthusiasm. Yeah. Did you ever ask your parents, like, what was their reaction when you booked this? Oh, my, my, I remember the night that I got the show because we had to stay in town. We did everything wrong in the audition process because my parents had other things going on, but my, my family always went back to Virginia and my dad and I had to stay here and they were going to fly us out after the auditions if we'd stay. And I remember calling my mom to tell her I got the job. And then I remember my dad being confused and not upset, but like just not sure how this all was going to work out. And the truth is you just kind of make it work the whole way. Do you, do you remember your audition? Well, yeah. I mean, I remember all of them. One of my earliest memories is the very first audition was walking into this uh, office building at the studio that we were at now at CBS Radford and Robinson meeting a guy named Jeff Thomas, who was the receptionist at the time, you know, and, and talking to him the whole time in the second audition, meeting Roseanne and telling her a joke and kind of hitting it off. So yeah, the, a lot of the show stuff is my earliest memories. You had no like no acting lessons. You pretty much kind of like just jumped right into that, just doing a few commercials, and this is what you get ended up with. Yeah, I didn't even do commercials. I literally had done nothing. I just wow. barely started to audition. So, you know, I think there's a beauty in that though, because you come from kind of a pure place. Uh, you know, I, you know, Jaden Ray, who plays my daughter on the show, who plays Mary, hadn't done a lot of stuff either coming into this. 
there's a purity that comes with that, I think. And you come with kind of a joy that, that you can't really fake. Wow. What do you think was like the most memorable, like childhood experience on the side of the show? Well, I mean, I went back to regular school on the days and weeks I didn't work. So my parents tried really hard to keep me in the same area and the same people I would be going to school with. And I, I played sports. I was a baseball player. So I got to do a lot of very normal kid stuff. And then at work, I ran around a lot and, you know, I played sports with the adults and kind of learned what everybody's job was. And that was an incredible gift because it's really led me to the technical side of things and given me insights that I don't think I would have had if I had just focused purely on acting. So like, so the show lasted nine seasons. Like, how did you deal with that? Like when you found out, okay, ninth season, that's going to be the last season. Like what was like your reaction and like, what was your plan after that? Well, after the eighth year, we didn't know if we were coming back. And I had a horrible summer between the eighth and ninth season because I, I had this horrible realization that I didn't tell everybody how I felt and I didn't get to tell everybody how important they were to me. So I really came back that ninth year to make sure that I connected with people and that I told people their impact on me. I, I wrote most of the people I worked with individual letters. So when we ended the ninth year, you know, I had a little piece on a personal level, but I was heartbroken. I mean, it, it was my favorite place to be. It was my safe space. It was getting to do this amazing job and a new experience every week. I was devastated, you know, knowing that you, you know, that you really want to work in this business. And everybody at that point was looking at me and saying, okay, it's time to start planning your real life and get a real job at some point. So you're going to have to move on and do something else. And secretly, I always kind of knew that I wanted to write and produce and make projects. And so it took me a while to work my way back in this direction. Wow. So how old were you when the show ended? 15. So wow. I did a couple other acting things. I did like, I was on Seinfeld and I did AI and, and I did this show called Hits with Andrew Dice Clay and Reno Wilson. And then, you know, you get that stage where you're not an adult, but you're not a kid. And there's not a lot of parts in that area. If they can hire an adult that they don't have to pay for a teacher that makes things easier and you don't have limitations on time. So it was a weird time. Um, I went back to regular school. You know, I, I tried being a baseball player for a while. I got married young and was raising my little brother and had kids of my own, you know, and it was a beautiful thing. But I also worked a lot of I worked a lot of side jobs in the business. Um, I worked as a producer and a pre-interview guy on a talk show. And then I bounced around and I worked set design and I've worked props and, and production design and set dressing and pretty much every department, electrical, anything you can do that doesn't require a hair and makeup or wardrobe, I've pretty much done it. And that was really good. And then I worked a lot of years where I worked really normal jobs. I worked in a warehouse. I ran a warehouse. I, you know, I worked a lot of construction and did a lot of things to kind of put food on the table and pay for my family and kind of build my way back to what I knew I really wanted to do, which is be in this business and make projects that have meaning and empower other people. You mentioned baseball. How far did you make it in baseball? You know, I played like kind of, I don't know, like independent ball on okay. some small level teams. You know, I went down and, and played in a league just across the border a little bit in Mexico. And, you know, I kind of bounced around. I was an okay baseball player, but I was kind of, uh, I was at the wrong time because I was a speed guy at a time where everybody was just starting to really go all power. Hmm. Wow. 
So how long did you play until you kind of like, okay, I'm done with this. Uh, early the next 20s. Thing. Okay. Uh, early 20s, I, I got to the point where I was running back and forth and, and my kids were starting to grow up to the point where it was time for them to start playing sports and doing stuff. And I really, what I did was I became a high school coach and I worked in education for almost on and off for about 10 years and invested in other people kind of chasing their dreams. And then I really realized what I wanted to do, I needed to get back on the path towards the entertainment industry. So I kind of started coming up with ideas and writing and working on the technical side of things to work my way back into ultimately where I am now. I mean, that's, I mean, it's nice to take a little break, I assume, but then I, from what I'm guessing is you sounded more excited when things were starting to go back your way and you started doing like the behind the scenes and the writing and then eventually back into acting. Yeah. You know, the thing is you don't take a break because you really want to, you take a break because you end up in that scenario. No, I had to raise a, a family and I wanted my kids to have kind of a normal childhood. And then yeah. that break turned into a longer break than I wanted because what really ended up happening is people don't know you anymore and they haven't seen you and they wonder what happened or why you're not around. So you have to kind of re-earn that trust. And for me, that's great. The, the beauty of it is I didn't get rich. So I always had to work, which kept my work ethic, kept me hungry. And then I didn't have an easy route, which made me really value everything. And so I think when people come and watch our show, like the audience interacts with me, I think they see a different perspective of it because I really know the value of what we get to do. And I really cherish this business in so many ways. Have, have your kids mentioned anything about trying to get into the entertainment industry? You know, so I have two kids from my marriage and when it ended a couple years ago, I kind of stepped in in a father role for two other kids. So my essentially adopted daughter is a writer director. And so I, I kind of guide her and mentor her. My youngest daughter, I think has some interest in our business, but currently she's a softball player and she's going to go to college to be a softball player. So she's focused on sports and school for now, but at some point, you know, she, she may come join me somewhere along the way. <laughs> and my son's a pretty creative writer. So I think bits and pieces uh, of my experience have kind of made their way into them, but they get to be their own people. So my job is to support them and empower them to chase their dreams in their own ways. That's awesome. I have two young kids myself and it's, it's fun to watch them grow up. I'll tell you that. Well, I, you know, I'm at the other extreme. My youngest is 18. So, you know, I have 18. Uh, I had another one who was 18 and then I have a 21 and a 23. So now they're totally their own people. And, you know, dealing with some of the stuff, you know, we're this really complex blended family, you know, we're multiracial and multi-denominational and we have so many different perspectives. It's a beautiful thing, but it makes me really motivated to share inclusion and representation and provide empowerment because I want to see families like mine in these projects. I want to, I want people yeah. to see what their family looks like. That's awesome. Yeah. You had your, from when I was doing some research on you, you had your kids at a young age. Like I started late. I'm, I'm 43 and I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah. But I think that's beautiful. You know, it's funny. I would love to start over now with the wisdom I had now. I think there's, there's a gift in whichever portion, you know, I started young and I was raising my little brother who's nine years younger than me, who's 30 yeah. now. And when I was young, I had a lot of energy, but not a lot of, not a lot of money and um, not as much patience as I wish. And now 
I think I have more patience being a little older. I'd love to start over and do it again with the right person and, and see what I would be like as a parent this time around. Yeah. They would have this beautiful gift of, they'd have all these older siblings who could really guide them and give them insight. Yeah, I can see and tell them how to push how to push dad's buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they need help with that. I think Eddie could, could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love being a parent. I love being a dad. I'm, I'm sure you do too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. And and this whole COVID thing kind of screwed my plans up because I was like every year I was coaching my daughter in something. And so last year, you know, we did basketball and the year, you know, the spring we did a uh, T-ball and soccer and like this year it's nothing because they're not doing anything. Right. I love so coaching. A, I've been coaching for almost 20 years. That's all. What, uh, what's, what's your uh, favorite sport to coach them? Oh, football, soccer, uh, volleyball. So I've done pretty much everything, but I'm a baseball guy. So baseball and softball is in my wheelhouse. That's awesome. <laughs> so in 2018, uh, Roseanne came back and then it turned to a spinoff of the Connors. When you got that call, what was your reaction? Well, coming back to do the show originally, you know, it, there, there is some, some hesitation only because you're going back after you break out of um, kind of, for most people, you break out of what has been maybe typecasting, but our show is so unique because you get to do comedy and drama. So you got to get to do the best of all worlds. So I was all in and it's an amazing group of people. So I was ready to come back. Then coming back for the Connors, you know, again, that was hard, but you know, she gave her blessing for that. And I really felt it was important to carry on the legacy and not have it end so abruptly or in a negative light. And so I've tried really hard. I think we have some amazing characters. You know, my character is in an interracial relationship, marriage, and I, I, I have had that experience in my own life. And, you know, having a biracial child and then being a military veteran i think these are huge stories that I, I just love and i want to dive in so much more and what i've done is in my personal writing some of the storylines and things that i would really like to see have kind of given light and given birth to some of these shows that i'm pitching and, and it's so exciting what do you think has been like the biggest uh, change playing dj now compared to back when you were young well, you know, DJ is the character who had the most change. You know, everybody else was clearly defined because they were adults. You know, DJ, we've built him all new coming back. So trying to keep DJ's kind of playful, innocent heart, but at the same time, he's a veteran and he's someone who has to deal with some of these social issues, being in, in an interracial marriage and having a, a biracial child and some of the things that have gone into that scenario and then transitioning back to civilian life and having the love of your life be deployed. I mean, these are storylines that are so important for me coming from a military family too. And, and having been in interracial relationships, I, I don't think we cover these things enough on in entertainment in general. So that's a lot of the stuff that I push into the projects that I write and am producing. Do you have any input on your character for this, for the Connors? You know, from time to time I, I make suggestions or I ask or, I, you know, but at, this point i don't have any hand in the story lines or, or controlling any of that portion so week to week i'm surprised like everybody else i just you know i i'm a couple weeks ahead of everybody else but i get to kind of see what what direction my character takes and you know i can pitch stuff and every once in a while something will kind of make its way in but for the most part 
I, I keep my ideas and, and I'm kind of shifting them and making new projects to use them. Mm. Now you recently made a, your directing debut on the show. Honey. How was that? So incredible to get to direct on this show in particular, you know, I, I've been shadowing and, and really being prepared to direct, but to do it and be full circle, to have it come full circle here and to get to direct what feels like, you know, directing your parents and your siblings in a way, you know, yeah. having to give them notes and, and make small adjustments. What it is, though, is, you know, I've worked with a lot of these people for 30 years and people know the talent in front of the camera, but people don't realize how many amazing just artisans we work with behind the camera. And to that end, you know, during COVID-19, I started this interview show that's on YouTube called Fish's Call Sheet where I highlight people behind the scenes because I, I want people to see how much talent goes into all the aspects that you don't normally get to see those names you see at the end of a show in the credits. So it, it's a beautiful gift to get to come and collaborate with people in a whole new way. And it really provides me an opportunity to expand my reach and to be the change I want to see in the world as I work on other projects to be able to share ideas and empower so many different people and probably the greatest gift was Ames and Jaden had such huge roles in that Halloween episode. And Jaden in particular, it was the first time I really feel like people got to see more of her talent and how much she's grown as a young woman and a performer and as somebody who is such a, a supporter of hers to be able to empower her in that way. It was such a gift. Are you planning to direct any more episodes for this upcoming season? Well, at the current time, I think most of the episodes have directors for the year, but I, you never know if, if we get another episode or two, I would love to have that opportunity. And hopefully if the show continues in the next season, I'm always down to direct. I, man, I love to work and I love this yeah. business. So awesome. you, you don't have to ask me twice. I'm in. <laughs> how, how was it working like with the cast the second time around? It's so amazing, you know, because my life has changed so much, like I said, you know, and DJ has changed so much. So these dynamics are very different, you know, from being a young kid who, you know, I think people can relate. I was a kid who, you know, it took me five years to be able to jump and touch the archway between the kitchen and the living room, very much like a normal kid in their own house. And now to come back and be so much bigger than everybody else. I mean, there's times where if I have to yell at somebody or, or we write stuff sometimes, John and I are such powerful forces that at times we have to tone some of that down because it can it can be a little over overbearing. Like in the Halloween episode, DJ is kind of getting pushed out of his own like family dynamic and having his daughter kind of move into the house and, and having her make that decision is so heartbreaking. And DJ should be angry and but also to be heartfelt and to be emotional and to be vulnerable and to not just be the hammer i mean it's it's a lot of complex emotions to play at once as an actor it's a beautiful gift so like when you first got back with the connors and you stepped on the stage and everything did it feel like the chemistry was like still there did it feel like you guys had to work out the kinks or was it like like you never left you know it's kind of like everybody has those people whether it be your friends or certain family members that you don't always get to see as much as you want and the moment you step back in everything goes right back to where it was the rhythm and the timing and the the joy of playing together you know you can't fake that yeah. yeah wow so um 
so what's next for you, man? Like, I, I know you said you got other projects that are coming out. What are some of the, or working on with, is there anything you can share with the listeners? Yeah, you know, so my daughter and I during quarantine decided to make our own kind of short film. So we, in our little place, we we shot, my writing partner and I wrote it. And then my daughter and I bought a little camera on Amazon and a couple of lights and kind of decided we were going to make a movie. So we're editing that to try and have it come out soon. So that's something people will be able to see. Like I said, I'm doing Fish's Call Sheet which is interviews of people behind the scenes and kind of celebrates the amazing people who work in our business. And then I have, you know, this military comedy. I have, you know, a couple of family kind of sitcoms. I have a couple of fish out of water stories. And then I have a couple of really deep dramas as far as the television side goes that we've written all in the last year, year and a half. And then I have a bunch of films, man. I, I, it's such an amazing thing. I'm expressing so many different sides, but the big thing for me is I don't write for me. I write projects that inspire me or stories that matter, or I pick things from a historical standpoint. And so many of our stories are, you know, minority lead characters or female driven. I, I want to see a slightly different move in the entertainment industry. I want to help lead this movement towards inclusion and I want to provide great stories where people feel like this is their opportunity to show their talent who may have not had those opportunities before. And my job is to kind of to be a, a conduit for that. You know, like my oldest daughter, the one I adopted, you know, this is a young woman um, as a young woman of color who wants to direct. There aren't a lot of opportunities and to kind of expand that and share her voice and watch her grow and shine. I mean, if you're not helping other people along the way in this business, then you're wasting your time. Yeah. You, you know, you're not the first one that said that. It's like, you always have to network with people, no matter race or, you know, whatever it is. Like you want to network with people because you never know who you're going to run back into someday. Well, I'm just such a fan of like, there's so many stories. And I think, you know, regardless of race, gender, background, uh, orientation, all of these things, what we want at our core is a lot of, the same stuff. We want to be able to raise a family and to have love and commitment and support and to be accepted and to find the humor in tough situations or overcome our challenges. And I think for me, what I specialize in is telling authentic stories that look from unique perspectives, but find the places that are kind of archetypal where we all can come together. And I think that's the thing. It expands people's views if we start looking at each other as people as opposed to, you know, demographics or categories. Yeah, I agree. What, uh, how often do you write? Like every day? Uh, every day. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the last couple of weeks, I haven't written as much because mostly I've been kind of fixing projects that we've been pitching. But pretty consistently, my writing partner and I, we write just a rid ridiculous amount. It's It's fun. It's a passion. But, you know, it's nice because I have somebody that we challenge each other and we really have to pitch projects to each other. So it's a beautiful process because it makes you really, really focus on what are you saying? What do you want to say? And is this really strong enough to share with someone else? Because if I can't get it past him, we can't move forward. You sleep next to a notepad. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and just have to write it down so you don't forget? Okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy, but I actually I write a lot of stuff and or kind of make movies in my head while I sleep and I will pick a project before I go to bed and I will work on it most of the night. I don't sleep a lot, but when I do, I, and I will 
do scenes. And then when I wake up in the morning, I literally have to go straight to the notepad and like write out the changes I made and write notes and then go back and actually put them in script form. But it's everything, you know, everywhere I go all day is, you know, it's a, it's a story I hear on the radio. It's a tweet that I read from somebody. It's somebody's Instagram post. It's a story I hear of families. You know, I have these kids that I adopted. It's their stories about adoption or, or dealing with the foster care system or education, having worked in education for over a decade, being a coach, all these different families that I've gotten to touch and interface with. Ideas are everywhere if you're open to people and people are fascinating. What's the one story... I mean, I don't know if you can even tell us. What's the one story that you want to like write about that you hope you can make someday? Oh, I mean, I have I have three that come to mind immediately. You know, uh, we have this amazing female-led history drama that I think is nothing I've ever seen. My most passionate project right now is we have a western that that no one's ever tackled a western in this way. with a black lead who really has to overcome a lot of things that face him along the way. And then comedy wise, I love this military pilot that I keep reworking. That is an interracial couple. And and there's a lot of secret reasons why they came back and man, I could go down a list of projects for you. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it, I love it. And it's one of those things when you know, when you find your voice, right. Yeah. When you know what you want to say, And the one thing I'll say is none of our projects are the same. It's not like the same concept. They're so different. They're so layered because of the beauty of the very different, varied life I've had, but also the beautiful people who've come in along the way. There's such an opportunity, you know, somebody, once I start selling shows, somebody is going to kind of hit the jackpot with us because there's just so many ideas. The hardest part's going to be, knowing which ones to sell at what time yeah. and who to sell it to. Right. Well, and, and mostly, you know, who wants to get involved in them and then, and then who wants to help make these things possible along the way. But I, you know, been meeting with some amazing companies and, and some amazing networks and, you know, it's more of a matter of time for me at this point, you know, not to sound overconfident or whatever, but when you know what you want to do and you know that you have a unique voice and the beauty is, these aren't other people's stories. I'm just telling a lot of them are mine. I just have a really complex life and it's time to start sharing it. Now, would you, would this be something that you would hope you star in it? Or do you think you want to find other people to, to be in it? You know, everything I write, I design not for me. Uh, I design a story. The idea has to be valid in its own. And then somewhere along the way, some of them, there are projects, man. I I have a boxing movie that I would love to do. And I have a a story about a guy whose life kind of goes off track, a movie that I I absolutely would love to star in if that opportunity comes. But it's mostly about making good projects. There's a few projects that I definitely would fit in as an actor. But for me, it's really about telling a great story and reaching people in a different way. So I think if you limit it to yourself, I think a lot of people write for their own benefit or to kind of write their own next project. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would love to do my military project though. If I could get to be the lead in that military project, I think I could show a side of the military that we're not showing in anything else in entertainment and to be able to reach military families. I mean, you're talking about on average somewhere, at least there's like, 
20 to 30 million people who are directly in the military and you're talking about one out of four people in the United States alone has a military connection, that's a huge audience that's untapped. Hmm. I don't mean to like cut you off by like anything, but like you mentioned earlier baseball. We need a good baseball movie. We haven't had one in years. Oh, I have ideas. Oh, the baseball's in my wheelhouse. I have a couple and I have I have some kid ideas too, you know. We have a, a coming of age story that I think is really beautiful, but baseball is one of my passions. If anybody wants to make a baseball movie, I'm the guy. That's what I mean. It's like I'm, I was trying to like before I had asked you this question, I was like trying to think, okay, what was the last baseball movie? And it might have been for the love of the game with Kevin Costner. I can't even think of any other ones after that. Yeah, I did a fun baseball movie with some amazing a group of guys that are just so talented called undrafted a few years ago that was kind of just a a silly baseball movie but you know having played and having played in environments where i didn't speak the language or i was kind of the outcast in some ways on teams gave me such great perspective and after 20 years of coaching i i have two high school baseball movies and and one kind of uh fish out of water cultural baseball movie that you know i've been working on you know, my, my writing partner every once in a while gives me a hard time about baseball because he's like, man, you're more passionate about it than anybody else. So I get I see where you're going. But, you know, the rest of the world may not love it as much as you do. But I'm going to use this. You're going to be part of my case and my my battle now. You have to, man. It's like there's just something about movies and baseball. I don't know. It's like because like when I was younger, you probably agree with like one of my favorite movies was Major League. Oh yeah, for baseball, it's like how do you? And then they never made it. Well, they made a third one, but I don't count it as a third one. The one that went back to the minors, but it's like I wanted another one. Yeah, I mean, Major League, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. Man, that movie gets me every time. I think it gets every father. Yeah, that loves baseball. I don't know what let's, it is about that. Let's have a catch. I think that's what it is. You know, I you know I, the first time I remember playing catch with my dad, I was nineteen years old. Um, and I have played catch with every one of my kids from the time they were old enough to walk. And there's something so special about that interaction. You know, yeah. I, I make sure I, I don't miss any of those moments, uh, you know, and I, it's why now after a few years, I start thinking about having kids again is there's something so special about sharing your world and the things you love with a child and trying to be that support structure for them. I agree. I agree. That's what, like, my wife makes fun of me because it's like, I always tell, like, I can't wait till they get older so I can share some movies that I enjoyed watching when I was growing up, you know, or, or whatever, even like the playing the catch thing. And, and like, she thinks it's, you know, it's great, but she makes, she picks on me about it, of course. <laughs> no, you, you hold on to that and you share all those things. I, I'm at the point now, you know, I got grown kids. So I'm starting to get to the point where I don't have to watch what jokes I'm making anymore, which is, you know, at the same time, it's, it's pretty fun, you know, and, you know, my youngest is going to go off and play college sports, which is like, I am so in awe and I can't wait to see what she does as a softball player. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great. I have, I have a buddy of mine that his daughter went to Notre Dame and it's like, he's like the happiest guy on earth, you know, just to watch well, her go through that. Kid, yeah. Kids can make you happy in a way that you just can't explain that, that, it's hard to understand or fathom, you know, if, if you're a committed parent, you know, and that's one of those things, that's a topic that comes up a lot in our writing because I, I just love being a parent and kids will challenge you and push you and they will make you experience things that you never imagined, but that's part of the beauty of it. And I think there's so many stories people can relate 
do. Yeah, definitely. Now, do you see yourself, do you want to, after like the Connors ends and everything, do you want to stick behind the scenes more or do you want to do both? Oh, I, I will always act. I will be an actor for the rest of my life. I love acting. Uh, I, I don't want anybody to get that confused or have any confusion about it. I, is, I got a lot of work to do and my best acting work is still in front of me. I think people got to see a little glimpse of that in the Halloween episode. There's a lot more depth here than I've gotten to do and, and those opportunities are coming. The thing is you're limited by your age or your type or, or what projects are available at the time. On the creative side, there is no limitation. And my my role on that side is to create great projects. And you know, you'll see me throughout the time on, on some of my projects, but those are really about empowering great storytelling and promoting inclusion. Inclusion is such a huge deal for me. Like I said, it, it's not just lip service, Hollywood lip service. It's that's what my family is. You know, this is my family, this is what we look like. And so I, I want to empower people in a way that I don't think a lot of people have. So, you know, my goal, I joke as an actor, my goal is to work enough that people see me working all the time and that I, I get to experience that consistently. And then on the production side, you know, I tell people 20 shows and 20 movies in the next 40 years. I don't plan on going anywhere. I, I got a lot to do. Yeah. It's a great way to think about it, you know, in a way, you know, it's like, it's more like, what do you call it? What do you say? The hustle and the grinding, right? Yeah, I love the hustle and the grind. So the thing I'll tell people is you got to learn to love that part of it. You know, when you're younger, you're wondering why not or why isn't it going as fast as I want? And then what you really realize is you should be enjoying this journey because especially in my case, I'm doing what I want to do. It may not always look the way other people may see it, but man, I, I, I'm living a dream in so many ways and I'm coming into my own. So I think that's the awesome. part that is exciting. Yeah. Uh, Michael, lastly, uh, how can the listeners uh, find you on social media? Oh, man, you can hit me up on social media anytime you want at Real M. Fishman, R-E-E-L-M, Fishman, like my last name, or Fish's Call Sheet. Uh, it's it's a great show if you have questions there, too. People can hit me up whenever they want. Ask me whatever you want. Uh, I try to engage with people. I really value all of the kindness and the support I get along the way. I hope people will support my projects going forward. And I love to connect with people. All right, man, Michael, this was fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.